Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Snap Out of It Radio Network. Hear all our great shows across the world. Join our community at snapoutofitradionetwork.com. So wake up, stand up, and snap out of it. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel and welcome to another Empowered Love radio show. And this is about getting love and life right, this show. And it's a very, very important show. So welcome to all of the listeners that are listening to the show live and then picking it up later in archives. And please remember that these shows, you can save them as a favorite and then you're always going to get notification of the shows that are coming up that you might like to listen to. And you can always go back to repeat shows and listen to them at any time. And you can also find a list of the shows and the previous shows on my website, which is MelanieToniaEvans.com. And if you go to the media link, you will see all of the radio shows there that you can just click and listen and go to the topic that interests you. So today's show is about empathetic listening. And this is a really big topic and it's a really difficult topic because this is about getting relationships right and we're going to be talking about it in the context of personal love relationships but really this works for all the important relationships in your life and we'll look at that. And this is about how to support your partner's vulnerabilities and how to, even when you're triggered, be able to work in a format and in a way that's actually going to promote and help and heal the relationship and keep it bonded and healthy or how it's going to get ripped apart. So these are really, really crucial skills. And most definitely, this has been a challenge for me in my life. And this is why I really want to share this information because I know that when I get triggered, it can be very, very easy to go into fear. That's been a past pattern of mine. That's a pattern that I have uh, enormous uh, focus on, on healing and evolving and growing because it's all about that. And what you might find that if you are an emotionally sensitive person and if you're a fairly high-powered emotional person, that it can actually be quite difficult to stay in a system that's going to work for you. But there's also do's and don'ts within the system of empathetic listening and there can be limits to it. And it may not always work, but I want to really try and break that down for you in today's show. So if we have a look at this, well, let's... First of all, define what empathetic listening is. Okay, well, really in the context of relationships, empathetic listening is to be able to allow another person to feel safe and heard and understood whilst putting your own stuff to the side. So to just listen and have empathy for an understanding for that person. Now, if we all think about discussions that we may have had with people that we've randomly met, that are really poor listeners. 
So you might be discussing aspects and things in your life and then they're talking over the top of you. It's only important as to what they've done. They've always got a one-up. They've done something better. It's all about their example. They'll just brush over you and then go on to their own thing. Now, these people are not natural empathetic listeners and we all know that it's a turn-off. Absolutely, we get turned off by those people. We don't establish a connection or a sense of trust and respect with them. We don't create or feel any sense of bond and we're going to feel separated from them. And the possibility is that we're not going to want to hook up with this person again or spend time with them because it just doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel connected. So our vital relationship, so it's a really good thing to have a look at yourself and really feel into that. When I meet people, do I actually listen? Do I take interest? Do I ask them questions about their life? Or do I actually go straight into the example of where I've done that or how I've done that? Or you know, do I allow other people to feel heard and understood? Because this is really a quality that you can start working on with even the non-intimate people in your life to really get more comfortable with being a listener and being interested and really striving for other people to feel understood by you and connected to you. Most definitely in our vital relationships, they're going to benefit a lot from empathetic listening. And really through empathetic listening, our vital relationships can flourish. So these vital relationships, they could be with our children. That's a hugely important dynamic with our kids is for them to feel understood. It could be with our parents, family members, co-workers, our bosses, and ultimately, of course, our love partner. And our love partner is where that is going to be the biggest challenge because that's absolutely where your heart is hanging out, your life is hanging out, your security, everything is hanging on that relationship. That's where you're at your most vulnerable. And it's always interesting. That's where empathetic listening is needed the most, but yet that can be the hardest place to do it because there is so much at stake that there can be a lot of fear that comes in that can actually sabotage that experience. So what is the goal of empathetic listening? Well, the goal of empathetic listening ultimately is to establish a higher level of love connection. It's to create relationships that are more loving because what comes with love? What comes with love is safety, trust, respect, integrity, teamwork, bonding, joy, happiness, forward progression into life without the ups and downs and the distraction and the disruptions and the pain and the separations. You know, all of those things detract from life rather than add to the flow of life. So empathetic listening is a very, very important key ingredient to be able to create a greater love connection. So the benefits of empathetic listening are going to be quicker resolution because virtually every relationship has speed bumps. It has times where people get triggered, where you don't agree, 
where you're going to have challenges. Now, the thing with these challenges that happen in the relationship, you can either go through them and not resolve them or you can grow through them and create an even deeper connection, bond and trust as a result of growing through them. So quicker, solid resolution as a result of truly getting to the heart of an issue. So when you're doing empathetic listening, which is seek to understand first in order to be understood, you can actually get to the heart of an issue. Generally what happens in relationships is what you're arguing about is not the issue. What you're arguing about is actually the trigger, a trigger that sets off the issue because of pent-up, unresolved issues, resentments, stories, and things that haven't been resolved or you haven't resolved within yourself. So what happens is you get the trigger and then you're going to have an argument and the argument usually isn't even about what's actually going on. So empathetic listening can get to a quicker resolution, gets to the heart of an issue and where somebody can feel safe and heard and understood enough by you to actually come into the space and share with you what their true concerns are. <coughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. Got a little bit of a cold at the moment, so excuse me if I cough or I sneeze. Okay, so the benefit of empathetic listening, it creates trust, respect, sharing, bonding, creating solutions rather than fueling the problems, and it creates a higher emotional security level where people in the relationship can feel fuller, healthier, safer, more connected, and more trusting of each other. So it's really, there are massive benefits from it. So why should we be motivated to do empathetic listening? Well, obviously we want those benefits and we want the goal of a healthier relationship, but we really need to look at the downside as well. We really do. And the downside, the answer is simple, because if we don't practice empathetic listening, the results can be devastating in our vital relationships. Because what happens is when two people assert their own views without consideration for the other person, what you're going to have is a battle of egos. Now, nothing, there's no upside to a battle of egos because all it is going to create is destruction. So a battle of egos can actually escalate to levels where things are said or things are done which just cannot be repaired. They'll go past the point eventually of repair. And what happens in these battle of egos is that when ego is present in the space, love flees from that space and what is replaced in that space is fear. And then fear creates separation and fear creates me versus you. And in that sort of situation, all that can happen is the battle of egos of defense and fear and one-upping. And then what will happen is the big, person with the biggest ego will one-up one the most. They will go to a level of destruction higher than the other person. Now, all that is ever going to get created from that is separation and destruction. So even though the biggest ego is going to win, in inverted commas, everybody loses because the love is lost, 
the relationship is lost and the possibility of repair is lost. So, you know, ego is the ultimate internal and external saboteur because what we think we're fighting for when we're in ego, when the dust settles and it's all said and done, the goal, which was to have a more loving relationship, is gone. So, you know, that's got to be a really, really big motivation to seek the goal of empathetic listening so that you don't get two egos in the space warring, going into silence or violence, and obviously violence is worse when it goes to attack or somebody's attacking and somebody's defending and they're trying to attack back in order to defend and then it will just escalate. So a really important question is, is does, or two questions, is does empathetic listening always work and does it have limits? So the answer to those questions is the answer is yes, it actually does have limits and no, it doesn't always work. So when we pull that apart and we have a look at it, the limits that we may have with empathetic listening can be internal or external. So if we have a look at the internal limits, and this is a very, very normal human frailty that when you're actually being challenged and you're being triggered and you've gone into fear and you've gone into defense, you may forget that goal, that you forget that you're seeking to understand someone else in order to create a safe platform for you to be able to understood so that you have that win-win of we've both understood, we both understand each other, and now from these opposing views, we can actually come into a heart space, empathy, connection, trust, and solutions, and create a third possibility, which is the true solution that's going to be win-win for both of us. So we may forget all of that. It could go out the window because the triggers are so big. And what happens in those times if somebody's shouting at you or being unreasonable or projecting on you or attacking you, you may start shouting back. You may go into defense. You may go into grief, hysteria, pain, anger, all of those sorts of things. So in, inevitably, you're going to be pushing back. And when you're pushing back, then that person is going to feel even more misunderstood and they're going to push back even harder and it just, there's no upside to it. There's no win-win. In fact, everybody loses. So in those times, you've forgotten to convey in your behavior, your language, your communication, you and this relationship are really important to me. I want to hear you and understand you. I want to heal this. So we're not achieving that right now, so let's have a break and then let's come back to this with that goal in mind because this is what I really want, okay? And that can and does, you know, generally create a sense of safety, a sense of trust, a sense of respect where you can actually come back as mature adults and have that goal in mind, it's very, very important, but you can't do that in the height of shouting and defending and attacking or being attacked. It just doesn't work. So that's an internal limit, and that's one to really start getting clear about because in those moments when you're triggered, what is the goal? What are the repercussions if I don't work with that goal? 
the repercussions could be horrendous. They could be irreparable. Okay? There's a lot to lose by not hanging on to being, creating and working with that goal. So the other limit is an external limit. And this is if you are dealing with a person who has low emotional intelligence in some area of their life. So what that means is they've got defunct belief systems that they've got insecurities with that they're not healing, they're not taking responsibility for and they're actually projecting the responsibility at you and making it your responsibility and your fault. Now, I'll give you some examples of this because this is the narcissistic model. NPD people, absolutely. They do not have the inner resources or the inner solidness or even the inner desire to actually take responsibility for their stuff and heal it because in order to do that, the narcissist would have to be vulnerable with themselves. They'd have to actually admit that there, I have got a problem. I've got a belief. I've got something not working for me. I've got a frailty. I've got a vulnerability, an issue, an insecurity. Now, for a narcissist, that spells emotional annihilation because they're living through a false self. They don't want to admit to a vulnerability. And even if they do for a certain amount of time, what will happen is the false self will create a big defense mechanism around that. And it's like, well, I've got to, if I've got to hang out and admitting I've got this vulnerability and I have to actually take extended responsibility for it, the ego will come in and sabotage it. The false self will say, uh-uh, this is way too vulnerable. This is not having enough power. I've got to spin this around and go back to the old way of being and I've got to start projecting it again because I'm not coping with being vulnerable and real. So this is why people with NPD can... Uh, Look, they can hit rock bottom and they can actually go, well, you know, I'm going to admit this and I've got these issues and I'm going to take responsibility, but it won't last. So, you know, even people with extended ego issues are going to struggle with that. So some examples of that, when you know that somebody is not healing, not taking responsibility for their stuff and is actually projecting it outwards and making it your fault, can be things like, unreasonable, unrelieved jealousy. So if somebody's insecure and they're actually creating the story in their head all the time that you're not to be trusted, that because you didn't tell them about a particular Facebook friend, which was somebody that was 20 or 30 years ago, that you're withholding, that you're not to be trusted, that you're um, a potential for infidelity, you know. And, and if these things keep cropping up and cropping up and cropping up and cropping up, no matter how much empathetic listening you do, no matter how much reassuring you do, you'll find that it's not going to hold, that the same issues are going to resurface over and over and over again. And that's when you know that you're not dealing with a whole emotionally mature adult you, and, and that you can't work with. You have to really realize you cannot work with that. So the same would be is if you have somebody that is actually detaching, creating stories in their head which really have no evidence. And, you know, it's, it's like if you believe that red cars are a curse and you hate them on the road, you're going to see red cars everywhere. But, you know, is it red cars or is it your issue that is 
making you see that problem constantly. So if you're with somebody that is continually fearing the worst and creating stories as a result of their own low self-esteem and worthiness, that may continue regardless of seeking to understand them and seeking to reassure them and seeking to prove to them that you do love them, that you are supportive, that you are real, that you are committed. You know, and that actually is the narcissistic catch cry. You didn't love me enough. You didn't allow me to love you. You know, and really where that's coming from is I don't love myself. And that's why I believe that about you, you know. And that can be the case. You may have your stuff in there too, but often that can be the case. So that's where the limits apply in this. So no, it's not always going to work. And you're not always going to choose it. But it's so important that if you are in any relationship that you're working with, whether or not you haven't discovered yet that that person has got unresolved issues that they're just not resolving, their own insecurities that they're not resolving. You may not know that initially. That's going to come up in time. But what can happen is if you don't go into the model of empathetic listening and, and, and choosing what would love to right now rather than what protection or fear would do, you may not... You could be blamed for that. That's where it can get very, very unclear about what is my stuff, what is your stuff, what's actually going on here, you know, because what can happen is if somebody isn't taking responsibility and you react, well, then you're going to get doubly blamed. You're going to get blamed for the thing that they're actually projecting on you in the first place and then you're going to get blamed for your reaction to it. So... You, and then the model for you may get that you're feeling powerless, you're feeling frustrated, you're not able to deal with it, and you don't know what's yours, what's theirs, what's your part in it. Okay, so if you can choose the empathetic listening, and then you can actually do that, and you can seek to understand somebody, but when you're seeking to understand somebody, you've really also got to know what is reasonable and what isn't reasonable for you. Because when you seek to understand somebody, their expectations of what their needs may be may not work for you. They may be unreasonable for you. They may be unreasonable for anybody, you know, if they don't have a level of emotional intelligence. So, but what you will often find, and even though people may have baggage and they may have stuff, if they've got emotional intelligence, it won't be unreasonable, It'll be a misunderstanding, it'll be something that they didn't receive or perceived another way or it may have been something that you need to be pulled up on and that's where you've got to have enough, have enough humility and be real enough to say, okay, I'm in a relationship now, this is a third entity that needs to be nurtured and loved and respected, I can't have it all my own way. I've got to contribute to this relationship. I've got to be a part of this relationship. And I want to heal and grow this relationship into even more bonding and trust and respect and love and connection and oneness. But it takes two healthy people to really be able to do that. Okay? And a lot of growth, a lot of healing can work through creating a healthy third entity 
that the individuals may also heal within themselves as long as they haven't got insecure, defunct belief systems that they're not taking responsibility for. Okay. The reality is that everybody wants to be understood. That is the hugest, hugest part of life. We all want to be understood. And if you think about children that end up delinquent, very always they feel misunderstood and what they will do because everybody wants to bond and be a part of something is that other people could come along into their life that aren't necessarily great for them in any shape or form but they feel understood, they feel validated and that's the people that they're going to bond with and they're going to go to. So within your relationships, it's really important to have a think about that because if you've got a partner that doesn't feel understood and doesn't feel supported, eventually what they're going to do is seek another partner that does understand them and does validate them and does believe in them. So a lot of affairs are not necessarily sexual. And I'm not talking about sex addicts or, you know, narcissistics people that are absolutely after narcissistic supply and the high of sex and adoration and all that sort of thing. In the normal model where affairs could happen or relationships could break down and another partner becomes a reality is because everybody wants to feel understood. They want to feel validated. So that's how office relationships could work. It could be a guy and a girl that are at the coffee machine and she's just talking and he's having a chat and she walks away and goes, he understands me, he gets me, he listens to me. That's how bonds are created. It's a very, very powerful thing. So it's really important in your relationship to have that. So as Stephen Covey states, seek first to understand and then you're in the best possible position to be understood by another. And this is such an important dynamic to create if things are not working in your relationship. It's breaking down because people feel misunderstood. They don't feel heard. They don't feel validated. So, so it's not only a tool to use when things aren't working in your relationship. It's also a maintenance bonding level exercise to do in your relationships is that when somebody is talking about their life or their stuff or what they're doing, to ask questions about it, to be genuinely interested in it, to validate that person. And validation does not necessarily mean agreeing with somebody. So if angry is, if somebody's upset, I can see you're angry. I, can, I understand that you're upset. It, it doesn't mean that you have to agree with their reasons for being angry or upset. You're just validating that person. And by validating that person, you're in the best possible position that you're going to get to the heart of the matter. They're going to be, feel safe enough to share with you and they're going to have enough respect for you and connection with you to put it across in a way that may not be an attack. Whereas if you were to say to that person, you've got no right to be angry or upset, I've got the right to be angry and upset, well then you absolutely just create a me versus you dynamic and a clash of egos. And it's very, very easy in that space to justify your ego. 
and to have every right to feel like you're the one that's hurting, you're the one that's scared, you're the one that's in pain and the other person absolutely is as well regardless of what they're doing because all pain and attack is a cry for help. All of it is. And of course, you've got to be mindful, you know, because the narcissistic model is all a cry for help. But the narcissistic model obviously goes to extremes that are malicious, dangerous, vengeful, pathological, which completely lack integrity. And that's not acceptable. That's not acceptable. You know, regardless of where you were in the attack, and you may not have handled it great, you may not have handled it well at all, and it escalated to that level. But the fact it could go to that level with one-upping means that it's a no deal. It's a no deal because it has the potential to go there again. And what you would find and what you do find in toxic relationships where that's happening is that the bouts get worse and worse and more dramatic and more verbally, physically, emotionally violent and it's only going to end up in disaster. You know, once certain lines get crossed, they can be crossed. They've been crossed. You know, they're not going to go back. So you have to be really, really aware of that. But what you can do, you know, when two egos are clashing is really get into the space of validating being able to put your stuff to the side and really being able to say, if I can seek to understand this person and they actually feel understood and supported by me, then they're going to move into the space to be able to understand me, come together and we can create a win-win solution that's got compassion and conscience and it's going to want to protect and nurture the third entity, the relationship. So the question really is, is would you rather be right than poor? And would you rather be rich than right? And apparently that's a business expression. But if we were put it into the context of relationships, would you rather be right than lose relationships? Or would you rather be rich in your relationship than have to be right? Because there really is no right or wrong. There is no right or wrong. That's a human context. It's incredibly subjective and it often creates enormous amount of separation. There's no right or wrong. It's what does work or what doesn't work in relation to the goal that I want to achieve. So empathetic listening is a really, really good tool because it moves you towards the goal. It moves you towards the goal, the desire to have more loving, fulfilling, safer, healthier, happier, more flowing relationships that don't have the angst, the distraction, the pain, the separations, the, the, the disruption to life. And life is such a beautiful thing to create and enjoy and grow and love. So that question again, would you be rather be right and poor or would you be rather would you rather be rich than right? Because if you're just going to be right and you're going to push that, ultimately it creates separation 
it creates warring of egos which is the ultimate saboteur of happiness so it always gets back to dissolving ego so I hope this show has helped it's given you a lot to think about and really start empathetic listening in all areas of your life and definitely bring them into your important relationships and seek to understand others and really put across the message you and this relationship are very, very important to me. I really want to understand you. I want to understand how you feel. I want to understand what's going on for you. Now that creates an enormous potential for bonding. And it's a beautiful thing that you can do with your children. You know, when they're feeling misunderstood. And you can do it with family members. You can do it with love relationships, especially in your intimate one-on-one personal love relationships because that's where you're the most vulnerable and the most susceptible to going into ego and fear and projection and separation. So start bringing that tool in. And then what you'll see is you'll see the real heart of the issues and you'll know by doing that whether or not you've got somebody with emotional intelligence, somebody that is going to take responsibility, somebody that is not going to backtrack over the same issues that they just don't resolve. If you know you're playing that out, you know that this person is not emotionally intelligent enough to be in a relationship with. But you'll find out. You'll get your clear answers on that. So I hope that's helped. So good luck and lots of love towards listening. And I'll be next week. So everybody, have a great day. Bye-bye.